0: This is Bettina, and you're listening to NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living across the world. We hope these stories resonate with you, remind you that you are not alone in the struggles you face, and inspire you to pursue the things that excite you the most.
1: And I'm Nanora. Eco-friendly, sustainable, energy-efficient, biodegradable are some of the words we hear commonly now. For many, these words lie on the fringes of one's mindset. It is something that's being dealt with by governments or environmentalists. And then there are some like Susanna Vargas, our guest today, for whom these words drive all the choices she makes. We mean every decision, as she chose to give up her successful career in the corporate world to build something that can drive eco-consciousness.
0: Sustainable living is not the most natural lifestyle choice as we live in a world of access and excess. Susanna didn't know it then, but the seeds to live sustainably were set when she was a child. She grew up surrounded by nature in a small Indian city. She moved to the UAE after marriage, got a job, loved the big city life, and then something changed.
2: So I grew up in Munar, which is surrounded with tea estates and everywhere I turn around it's green and pristine air and crystal clear water. So that's where I grew up and then, of course, then I was not so happy about it. I'm like, my well, city life, you know, I'm, I was missing the city. And then I think it was when my, around the time when my daughter was born, I. You know, you suddenly have that thing about you want to give her the best of everything. And I started thinking back on what I ate. So everything that I ate was grown in our garden. And everything that I used at home was natural. And I was trying to get the same for for my daughter. And yes, there are options. I did find some options. But sometimes it is expensive. Rightly so. But I was, I was always driven by that whole thing about how genuine is it. And then I started looking into every touch point in my life in about giving to her, right? And that's when I also started thinking about overconsumption because I think the new generation parents, I mean, we don't necessarily think twice about buying something because everything is so easily available and so reasonably priced, so you just, you just buy on a whim. While uh, me as a child, I had to wait for something to come to me and because
1: of which I treasured what I had. And And I'm trying to give her that value. Imparting that value is very hard. Susanna knows the world she grew up in and the one her daughter is growing up in are starkly different. The world today is fast. Fast fashion, fast food, fast deliveries, each impacting our world massively. And most people don't even think about the consumption.
2: I think the primary, most important thing that I realized was, or one thing that really helped me change my outlook towards, let's say, consumption or consumption as a whole was basically, so when you see a new product or when you see something that you want to buy, you look into the size of the product, the brand of the product, the color, you know, quantity or how much ever you want, right? Dimensions, etc. But how often do we think about where does this where did this come from and where is it going? And this these two are fundamentals. I mean I think this is something that we should all keep in mind because that is a conscious buy and that is what will help us think twice about buying something and ensuring that what we buy is good for us. What started off
0: as a desire to provide the best for her daughter triggered off something that would not only change how Susanna consumes, but also resulted in a business and her finding
2: her purpose. When you think about it, it is my consumption that is adding to this whole mess. So if we can clean up, I mean, so, and ultimately what, what happens to every person who wants to make that change is thinking, yeah, but what's a big deal if i i only one person change and the thing is every little change that you could make has such a huge impact i mean it's one thing that i keep quoting the toothbrush that you used when you were a child is still is still there and how scary is that right so beginning of this year i i had a personal tragedy i had a huge shockwave that hit me and it changed my life completely, it made me reevaluate everything that I was doing, everything that I was doing and it made me, so I mean ultimately like you're working because you need the income and you know keeping everything going right or, or maintaining your certain lifestyle, but then you know I questioned myself on is that what I really want? Is that what is gonna make me happy? And then, of course, there was a lot of thoughts behind you know, sustainable living and all of that that I was anyway going through. And it just occurred to me that people, there are a lot of people like me in this, in Dubai or in this world definitely, who are looking to make that change in their lives. And nobody, nobody does anything bad intentionally. It's either because of a lack of awareness or it is because of a lack of alternative and that's what i wanted to bring in so i think it was more targeted at mothers like me uh, working mothers like me who actually wants convenience as well as to do their bit uh, to the world and i think it's somehow just tied in together one day like and i realized that this is this is where I could be happy and this is what I should be doing. And all of us are here with a purpose and I think this fulfills my purpose in one way or the other.
1: All this was still an idea in her head until one afternoon over a conversation with her husband, the idea was fleshed out into a concrete plan. The plan was put into action and the result is Inkahani, an online store, Suzanne's contribution to driving eco-consciousness and sustainable consumption. The products are handmade, biodegradable, have longer shelf lives, and are made using processes that are friendly to the environment we live in.
2: When I wanted to make a sustainable or a conscious uh, change to my lifestyle, it wasn't easy for me. I was researching it, and I was doing it while I was working, and I understand that that's not for everybody. Like, And you fall back to convenience, even though you have that good intention of not wanting to do certain things. And for me, it was about helping that change happen for you in the most, you know, most simplest of ways. Like, you you know, you just be at home and make that small change. If you know the story behind a product, if you know who's made it, it's not easy for you to throw it away. You you save it, you pressure it because there is a reason the product is in your house, and and that is what we wanted for for consumers to feel a sense of pride in owning a certain product, and also thinking that I've done right by doing by, by buying this product by using this product. Susanna decided to give up her financial independence,
0: the social interactions at work, and stability to pursue her passion. Never an easy choice. In the corporate world, one can climb the ladder linearly. And there are clear indicators that one is doing well. Compare that to entrepreneurial life. It's filled with uncertainty, loneliness, and a vague sense of what success looks like. So how did Susanna find the
2: courage to take that leap? I've always believed in pushing myself out of my, out of comfort zone because I think that's where... You learn. That's where how you grow, and that's where the magic happens. Because you're you're always stuck to something otherwise, right? And uh, so, um, I've always looked for opportunities. And of course, like I do have a little bit of an adventurous streak on me, so I don't necessarily think about what could go wrong. I just think about yes, this is what I want to do, and I and I jump at it.
1: Susanna was in a privileged position to have a supportive family backing her so she could give up her job. She knows not everyone has the same luxury. However, she feels that it's not just this that holds people back from pursuing what they truly want to do.
2: It was easier for me to take that decision because I was like, but there is one stable income that's coming in and that, that stays. But irrespective of the financial aspect of it, I think people choose not to do something or something that they're working on out of a fear, fear of maybe a fear of failure or even a fear of getting out of your comfort zone because you're cushy, you, you you're happy where you are and this means maybe, you know, really pushing yourself and also the fear of failure, frankly, I don't think I gave myself time to think about it or dwell on it. I was clear I want to do that and... And I just jumped at it. Of course, you have well-wishers and people who are like, you don't have a background, you don't have a business background. How can you get into it? And, you know, have you thought this through? Do you have that plan ready? This plan, contingency? And, And I might sound really philosophical and a little, you know, my God, are you crazy? Because for me, I was like, I, frankly, it doesn't matter. All that matters is I tried. And... You know, and I'm giving it my 100%. And I'm going to find solutions. So I think, I think that's what sort of helped my journey.
0: The path of entrepreneurship has not been an easy one. Susanna had to source the products, figure out storage, packaging, photography, build a website, logistics, marketing, and the list goes on. She's handled all of this and continues to find solutions to new problems that creep up every day. The work hasn't diminished her spirit. She's rolled up her sleeves and is ready to learn and evolve as the business needs. She's comforted knowing her store increases access to those who want to make conscious buying choices at affordable
2: prices. When you're using an eco-friendly product, it has a huge or better impact in your future, so your health improves. Plus, also, it's more durable, so it lasts longer. Mm -hmm. But then the thing is, the uh, first cost is so much high, and then you look into the other variant that is available, and you're like, it's okay. Like the immediate cost is much lesser with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anything that is synthetic. So you end up buying on that, like, and and that is consumer behavior, or that is what we've been conditioned to over the last couple of decades. And I think everybody consciously realizing that this is something that all of us can contribute to. It doesn't have to be huge and heroic but small little things that you do within your own household if it is about changing one you know dishwasher scrub that you use to a more more natural based one. It's one change that one household is making and it's not it's not large but it, it will have a huge impact on the environment because it's it's one product less. So even though everyone embraces sustainability differently, each path leads to the same place, a life with more time, more money, more resources, and more purpose to live and create a meaningful life for all. And that is my hope for the future.
1: According to recent UN estimates, one million plastic bottles are purchased every minute and then discarded. One third of all food produced is lost, wasted, or spoiled. The fashion industry is the second-highest user of water worldwide. The meat industry is responsible for more greenhouse gas emissions than the world's biggest oil companies. And should the global population reach 9.6 billion by 2050, a conservative estimate, the equivalent of almost three planets could be required to provide the natural resources needed to sustain current lifestyles. And yet we have only one. So the time to act is now. The
0: American author Edward Evertail said I am only one, but I am one I cannot do everything, but I can do something And I will not let what I cannot do interfere with what I can do And by the grace of God, I will It's easy to feel overwhelmed and powerless And to find ourselves asking What difference can one person make? The answer is that one person is can make all the difference in
1: the world. I'm Bettina. And I'm Nanora. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you'll join us again soon. We can be found at nriwoman.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Just look for NRI Woman. If you or someone you know has a story to share, please get in touch with us at hello at nriwoman.com or tweet us at nri underscore woman. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. At NRI Woman Podcast. Please help us share the stories of these amazing women by sharing it with your family and friends. Our featured fellow podcaster for this week is Short Stories of Augie Peterson. This is a podcast where a giant nerd Augie shares her original short horror stories with you every other Tuesday and reviews a horror movie every other Thursday from her blog, Snark in the Dark. Once a month, Augie interviews five indie artists she thinks the world should know about. The stories are spooky, the reviews are snarky, and the points don't matter. Her podcast can be found on any of the podcast listening platforms or wherever you listen to our podcast. Don't forget to follow her on social media for more of her podcast.
3: Hey folks, how's it going? My name is Augie and I host a podcast called The Short Stories of Augie Peterson. Once upon a time, I had two blogs. Then one day I started listening to podcasts. They seemed like a lot of fun and would combine the thing I was always afraid to share with the world, my writing, with the thing I had no choice but to share, my theater background. So I decided to combine them into a podcast for those millennials that don't have time to read two blogs. I read the original short horror stories I write every other Tuesday and review really terrible horror movies from Netflix, Redbox, Amazon Prime, and even the Dollar Store with massive amounts of snark every other Thursday. On the first Saturday of each month, I tell my listeners about five new indie artists that I have interviewed that I think they should know about. So if you like terrible horror movies, learning about new artists, really good horror stories, and total nerds, this is the podcast for you. Check out the short stories of Augie Peterson wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, go to augiepeterson.wordpress.com. Toodaloo!
1: This episode was edited by Eric Heidbreder. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring, and be kind.
0: Next week on NRI Woman.
2: I'm not someone who's so ambitious that I've decided, no, I'd never want to have a child. I I would have loved to if my circumstances were different, but it's not something I crave for. Like, it's not something I think about that I don't feel I'm incomplete. You know, um, I don't feel that there's something missing in my life. I'm still a good human being. Uh, I've had people who sometimes tell me you're selfish.
1: You're not responsible. I don't believe that. I think I'm a very responsible person. And it's a responsibility not to increase the pressure on this earth by not having a, you know, by choosing not to have a child.